Hi, everyone. Welcome to Refine and Grow with Justin and Lindsay. My name is Lindsay Allen. And my name is Justin Euler, and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life. Well, today, folks, we're going to talk about something that I think is near and dear to all of us, and we probably live under the tyranny of And today we want to flip the script or change the angle and go from being a victim of our calendars to really owning and driving our calendar. The calendar is a, it's a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool to help us manage our time. But oftentimes that tool becomes a tyrannical overlord and we get driven by it. So we're going to look at some tips and tricks today to really talk about how we manage our time and manage it well and make some proactive decisions around how we're going to walk through our day. We're going to start at the top with our first tip, which is really around getting a lay of the land. In the military, we oftentimes, when we had a map, we would would lay it down on the ground. It could be a sand table. It could be a paper map. could be a digital map. And we'd orient ourselves to that map. We'd understand where we were within that map, where north, true north sat, uh, what the key features or terrain features were of the map, where there were key obstacles. Uh, We'd familiarize ourselves with the key to the map. And that's what we're really looking at with our calendar today. We're, we're going to treat our calendar as a map. And oftentimes we don't take a step back and get oriented. We just start moving through our day. And we don't know if we're going north, south, east, or west. And usually we end up just chasing our own tail. So today we're going to take a look at the calendar as map. We're going to orient ourselves to that calendar. First of all, to do that, we're going to categorize. So we're going to take a look at our calendar. We're going to look at what kinds of meetings are on my calendar. Are they team meetings? Are they one-on-one individual meetings? Are they ad hoc, meaning they just kind of pop up on my calendar? Are they related to major initiatives or project kickoffs? Uh, Is it initiative management? You name it, we really want you to take a hard look at the types of meetings you have on the calendar, just objectively. We're not making any judgments at this point. You just want to start to understand how you're spending your time. That really leads us to item number two, which is then prioritizing those meetings. So Lindsay, why don't you chat a little bit about that? Yeah. So once you understand what's on the map, you can prioritize the places that you want to go. Justin and I were talking about how it's just, it's one of many aspects of achieving work-life balance. And I agree with Justin that you do just, you get to work in the morning or you sign on remotely and you're just bouncing from meeting to meeting to meeting and not understanding where you are. When you categorize the meetings, as Justin was saying, that that's really the first step to, in order to say, okay, well, these types of meetings are more important than other types of meetings. They need more of my time and attention. Examples of of categories are maybe you're sponsoring a project or initiative, or maybe you're just a stakeholder on a project or initiative. So for that category, when you're sponsoring it, you're a decision maker or you're a risk escalation point, those project initiatives are more important to prioritize than one where you're just an impacted stakeholder and you need to know what's going on and be looped in. If you had a meeting conflict between those two, you would go, well, I really need to be a guide in the work that I'm sponsoring, but in the work where I'm simply a stakeholder, I can either, if I'm unable to make the meeting, maybe there's a recording, maybe there are notes being distributed, or maybe I can just 
reach out to whoever the owner of the meeting invite is and who's driving those invites to let them know, I won't be able to make it. How can I stay looped in and see what they can provide? Maybe it's a project status report or something like that. And you also have to think about what are the other categories? You probably have team meetings and one-on-ones with the people who directly report into you. Probably have a one-on-one with your boss, with some of your colleagues where you have key dependencies. And so you need to think through in those categories of either the category of my meetings with my team, my meetings with my superiors, or my meetings with my colleagues. How do you prioritize each within that? Is there maybe somebody who you're working closer with on your team and you need to prioritize that one-on-one because they're implementing some big strategic initiative for you? Or maybe they're new and need a little bit more of your time and attention. Of course, you're always going to prioritize with the superiors, you know, that that's one of those types of meetings where you're going to go, well, that's just always a high priority because if they're pulling me into a meeting, it's because they're cascading key information that I need to then cascade down to my team and or oversee and implement some new initiative that they're sharing with me. And then with your colleagues, make sure that you're prioritizing the colleagues that you have the most dependencies in and information to share. You know, if if you're going to a meeting and you're finding that a lot of times you can't fill the agenda, then that's low on the list. And sort of the scale that I use once I understand what does the map look like now, how do I prioritize the places that I want to go? Is this meeting a must have or is this meeting a nice to have? And if it's not either one of those, then I'm probably declining it. Maybe you feel like, oh, they're all must-haves. Well, then use the scale of high, medium, or low. Yeah. I think another thing that's really helpful is just setting your rhythm. Once you've done that prioritization, you've been oriented to the map. You understand where you're at, where you want to go. You've prioritized your locations, right? Your meetings. You you really need to set your rhythm. And again, I'll I'll pull from a military analogy because it's really been helpful and almost reinforced as of late to me. And that's just setting your battle rhythm or setting your operating rhythm, both within the day and within the week and within the month. And I would even say, you know, especially for leaders within the quarter, because we have month in close, quarter in close, we have quarterly business reviews, we have different major milestones that we have to work for in the business. And so understanding your battle rhythm for the day, for the week, for the month, for the quarter, for the year at a high level, driving to different levels of granularity based upon those different time time slots will really help you have a structure. And again, we don't want the calendar or the battle rhythm to be an overlord or a taskmaster. It's really there to be a help and a guide so that you're not whipsawed by every whim and whisper that comes floating by, right? Every distraction. So we avoid kind of the squirrel, squirrel, squirrel uh, kind of activity. So really setting a battle rhythm. And within that, I would even say, we're talking about this at a work level, but I would say set your battle rhythm prior to work and after work. Think about how you want to enter your workday and what you need to do to enter your workday well, and then to exit your workday and really transition into that thing called life with your family. Whether you're single and with your friends or whether you have a family that you're coming home to, you know, it's not just looking at the battle rhythm of your work day, but it's looking at how you want to enter the day and how you want to exit the day. I find that when I wake up and have an early meeting for East Coast or Europe, and I don't give myself an hour, an hour and a half to kind of wake up, ground myself, spend some quiet time, mentally ready myself, quiet my mind, focus my mind and then enter my workday, it's a heck of a lot smoother than if I just wake up, 
brush my teeth, throw on a t-shirt these days and, and go straight into my meeting. My brain is scattered. It's not focused. So even if I have the greatest battle rhythm for my day or operational rhythm for my day, if I've come into that rhythm out of sync and out of cadence, out of time, if you will, then uh, I'm going to have a really rough day. Likewise, give yourself time to exit your day. And I know that sounds crazy. People are like, I'm a VP, I'm a director, I manage people, like work really never stops. Well, well, maybe it should. Maybe you've not set the right prioritization and you're allowing your calendar to really drive you and you're not setting clear priorities and really blocking out those things that don't fall in within your top priorities. And I would beg the question, are you effective? Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're effective. So really try to protect that transition out of your workday and for your own mental health, for your familial health, for the health of your relationships, really transition well into that private time that comes at the end of the workday and set really clear boundaries. Back to the comment I think I made on the last episode, you're important as a human being. You have worth and dignity because you're a human, but don't think you're so important, you know, more important than the president who we replace in 24 hours, right? I'm always, to this day, I'm always shocked and amazed that when I shut off my email, I've transitioned things well to other people. I've shut my email. I shut off my phone. I'm amazed how unnecessary I really am sometimes. Um, and I'd like to think that's because I'm an, I'm an effective leader, but I also think sometimes the world keeps moving. But I really think it's important to set that rhythm uh, for the workday, for the week, for the month, for the quarter, for the year. Have it nested within your larger rhythm of the business as an organization. But then also at the granular level, think about how you want to enter your day and how you want to exit your day. Make sure you're grounded, you're centered, you're ready to engage. And then when those storms do start to stir and whip, you're going to find yourself much more able to respond rather than reacting. I love that quote about just because you're busy doesn't mean you're effective. Yeah. People who are double and triple booked all day long every day, particularly if they're not clear on what the objectives of the meetings are, what their roles are, who's driving. It's pretty much impossible to retain all of the information throughout the day and keep it all straight. And you may find that your calendar is making you less effective because of that. You can't keep it all straight. And then you're asked a question and you might miscommunicate because at one point you miss something because you're in meetings all day and you're trying to respond to emails and IMs at the same time. And maybe you missed one key point in that meeting and then you misinform because of that, your people on what's being done and a miscommunication can kind of snowball into something bigger. So your calendar's got to be in the type of shape that it allows you to be present, to take in the information and to effectively cascade that information or use it to inform other organizational decisions. Yeah. I had a client recently who was new to being a stakeholder on a bunch of projects. Like there there's just the, the company just had busy season and there were a few software systems getting implemented. They were going through a reorg. And then of course they had COVID-19 to deal with. So there's all these project teams and and task force and initiatives being stood up temporarily. And she's getting pulled in to all of it. And for some, she was a sponsor of the work. And for others, she was a stakeholder of the work. And she didn't realize the importance of knowing 
when you go in, if you're simply a stakeholder, because she is an executive in the organization, she is assuming that everybody's coming to her for decisions or risk escalation or those types of things. And she didn't realize, no, you're just listening. In some meetings, you're just listening because a team, let's say the finance and accounting department is implementing a new software. And there are some actions your team will have to take because they use this software. It's not that you have to think of the solution for how we're going to implement the software or have anything to do with staffing up that team. There's nothing like that. It's just that you need to listen for and identify if there's any impacts to your team or any input you should be giving as they're going through the phases of collecting business requirements and and building out, uh, getting all of the data together that needs to be transitioned into the new system, that kind of stuff. So really it's worth, if you take like an hour in the morning in your entrance routine to go through what what are the meetings I have on my calendar today? What am I attending? And orient yourself to what's my role in each and what are we trying to achieve in each? It's going to help you prioritize, but it's also going to help you understand when you're in that meeting, I think you will not feel as rushed or overwhelmed or confused and reduce any risk that you might misinterpret or miscommunicate because you are a victim of the calendar. Yeah. And I think that thing goes to kind of, we've been, we've been talking a little bit more proactively, right? About taking a step back, looking at your calendar, figuring out what types of meetings you have, prioritizing, setting your rhythm, and then knowing the objective of the meetings, but also your role in those meetings. But then now it's kind of taking a step back and reflecting on the meeting, right? Looking back at your meetings. And I think this is a working activity. It may not be something that you actually allocate in your day, but as you come to a meeting or as you finish meetings, really able to take a step back and go, hmm, how effective was that meeting? Was Was that worth my time? How clearly were the objectives and the agenda articulated? How closely did we actually stick to those objectives and agenda? Is were the right people in the oh, room? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add, were the right people in the room? Right. Sometimes I go to meetings and the people who need to be there aren't there. So I know we're yeah. going to have to repeat all of the information again. Yeah. And, and are we rehashing, right? Or are we mm-hmm. moving? Are we moving someplace directionally? Just recently... I had a meeting series that was cross-functional in nature. Uh, We were doing a lot of knowledge share and it dawned on me after about six or seven months that maybe this meeting series had run its course. And part of the way I could tell that is one, we were struggling to come up with a topic. Uh, Initially, we had robust topics and robust knowledge share, and it was very helpful and informative. But I was finding we're kind of struggling with what to talk about. And two, we're struggling with attendance. And so it was actually just today, I I canceled that meeting series because it didn't run its course. We had achieved the objectives uh, that the original series was set up for. We had great cross- knowledge and cross-knowledge sharing. It was fantastic. Uh, Lots of collaboration. We achieved the outcomes that we needed to achieve. And then that meeting got put to bed. And now that's one more thing we don't need to worry about. So uh, being able to take a step back, it's not like we have a score sheet here for you to make that assessment, but I, I think it can be fairly intuitive, right? Who's showing up? Are they showing up? Are the objectives and agenda clear? Is this new information? Are we rehashing? Are we struggling to find a reason to come together? Is this something that now could be accomplished through other mechanisms of communication, like a status report, an email, or just a quick check-in? And sometimes maybe the meeting is still valid, but the rhythm of that meeting needs to be changed. So instead of weekly, 
or biweekly, it now becomes monthly or quarterly. So really take a step back and reflect. And, uh, you know, this is a, it's not a moving target, so to speak, but it's a work in progress. Be willing to take a hard look and, and see what needs to stay and what needs to go on a fairly regular basis and make those adjustments. Yeah, you should be plugged in to the mechanisms that give you the information you need to make better informed decisions and approach your work in a way where you know you won't have to do a lot of rework or aren't duplicating efforts because you've attended these meetings. So if you're going to a meeting and you're going, I'm not getting any information here that I didn't already have, I would question the need for you to be part of that audience. Well, I think, I think that really takes us then to the last tip in regards to this topic, which is really setting up office hours. I I think this is a great tip to really minimize those ad hoc meetings. I would even say in this, it it reminded me of a, a note I had made at the beginning of the conversation. It's not only setting up office hours, but it's setting up productive, heads down, dedicated work hours. I can't count how many times in my career I'm like, I have so many meetings. When am I going to get any work done? We forget that we actually have to produce something. So I think setting up office hours that are kind of protected, that allow for ad hoc engagement every week or every month, depending upon who you are and the level of the organization in which you sit and the people that you need to engage with, just having that block time and making it known that people can swing by, they can IM you, they can give you a ring, and you are going to be generally available for conversation. And that's kind of protected time to not only do work, but to think, uh, to ideate, to come up with new solutions to new business problems. And you can't do that when your schedule is booked from morning to evening with meetings. And you certainly can't do it when you're double and triple booked. So really carving out time to engage with the people in an ad hoc fashion, as well as to engage with yourself and really have some time for thought and creativity and education and even a little bit of mental rest. It's amazing how focused we can be when we just have an hour of quiet. Those are definitely some recommendations I would have in regards to setting up office hours, both to engage and for yourself. That's all for today. Don't forget to head out to our website to download the tips and tricks worksheet from today's episode, download case studies, subscribe to our podcast and newsletter and more. And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.